A key to understanding climate change may be hidden in the Antarctic. That's why an international group of scientists, including some from UCSD Scripps Institution of Oceanography, are beginning an expedition to excavate ancient ice. Air bubbles captured in ice could provide reasoning to past ice ages, as well as deepen our understanding of what is to come. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Josh Armson-Smith, you cover a number of things at the Union Tribune, notably Mm -hmm. the environment, Mm -hmm. and you're writing a story about research that's going on in Antarctica about ancient ice. What's this science about? This is the search for the oldest ice on the planet. And the idea is that trapped in this ice is air in little Mm -hmm. bubbles. And this air is actually really scientifically valuable. Because inside of that air is the carbon dioxide concentrations for any given point in history going back hundreds of thousands of years. And so we could say, oh, look, here's how much greenhouse gas was in the air, or at least carbon dioxide was in the air, um, you know, 800,000 years ago. And then you can also use the ice samples to tell what the ocean temperatures were. And so you start to get this correlation where we can say, oh, right, this amount of carbon dioxide leads, or we think, leads to this amount of warming. You may think that we already know that, but actually there's a large range of variability. We don't really have it dialed in perfectly. Mm -hmm. So do we have a guess as to how old this ice could possibly be? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know. We have ice core samples going back, dating back uh, about 800,000 years. So for context, what kind of age was the Earth in? So about about a million years ago, or like 1.5 million years ago, was the first ice age. Mm -hmm. Unless you're going deep geologic history, you know, like hundreds of millions of years ago. Um, But this is like the first ice age in kind of this modern geologic era. And the question is, why did the ice age happen? Mm -hmm. Why were there glaciers on across North America? So this is like about the time in which maybe humans migrated to North America. Is this kind of that time range? Yeah, I mean, humans are definitely around. Yeah, right? so like th- we this lived is dinosaurs. This is you no. know, within the scope of humanity. Yeah, this is a million years ago. So the question is, can we learn about how CO2 impacts the, the planet's climate by studying this? But here's the thing. Getting these ice core samples, getting scientifically useful samples, has proven extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And basically what we had been able to do is, is jigsaw together a bunch of samples to get a timeline going back to roughly 800,000 years, plus or minus 100,000 years. We don't even quite know exactly mm-hmm. what it is, but we can go back hundreds of thousands of years. What they really want to do is go back a million or maybe... 1.5 million or even 2 million years, but finding ice that is intact with 
these air bubbles in there, right, has been extremely difficult because you've got to drill down like a mile Mm -hmm. or even farther. And then where you're drilling in Antarctica to get these samples could be at significant elevation. We're talking like 10,000 feet in the air, and it could be negative 40. It takes years to do one of these these drilling operations where you bring up ice cores, you know, mm-hmm. going down, um, you know, like a mile or two into into the into the glacier. And if the place where you're drilling isn't net doesn't give you the kind of sample you're hoping for, a scientifically useful sample, um, remember the the ice can fold in on itself. Mm-hmm. You can get like a a, a mess of like play doh in there of all different time period ice from all different time periods. So they have radar and and they have a bunch of different devices to try to figure out where they think would be a good place to drill. But then once they drill, they're drilling in these incredible conditions. Like I said, ten thousand feet up in the air, negative forty, winds blowing. Right? It takes years. It costs tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And this is San Diego News Fix. What's the San Diego connection to this crazy science? Right. So, like, one of the leading guys is Jeff Severinhouse at UC San Diego Scripps Institution of Oceanography. He's a paleoclimatologist, and he's one of the leading figures in the world when it comes to this kind of research. He's jumping on a plane today, headed to New Zealand and then Antarctica to get out there and set up camp for the next two and a half months to do some drilling into the ice. So when will we know if it's a success or a failure? What's the timeline here? Okay, so it can take years to do this kind Mm -hmm. of drilling. What they're doing right now is testing a new type of drill that Jeff and his team and his lab have basically designed and constructed. And this drill is a like a reconnaissance drill. So they go and they drill and they get a good idea. Okay, is this a good place? Do we have a good bet that if we set up the big $50 million drill mm-hmm. that we're going to spend the next five years try, in these unbelievably harsh uh, conditions that we're going to get something good? So what they're doing right now is they're out there testing this new drill and they're at the very last stages of testing this thing. Mm-hmm. And if this year... Because remember, you can only be out there for a couple of months, really. I mean, they're going out there. This is like the summer of Antarctica, right? So mm-hmm. they're going out now. They'll be back by January. And mm-hmm. then basically it's just too cold. You can't operate out there and do this kind of drilling. Mm-hmm. So um, if they're, if this drilling is successful, it'll be a pretty big deal. They mm-hmm. feel like then they'll be ready to take this thing into the more rep- remote parts of Antarctica and really start looking for spots where they can do the more um, the intense drilling for the ice cores. Mm-hmm. Now, we have been doing this intense drilling for the ice cores in the past, but it's really just been um, just kind of they don't know exactly where to drill. We have radar, we have some sense, but when you go so far down, when you're, um, you know, 2,500 meters down into into one of these glaciers, they don't really know exactly what's down there. So Jeff Severinhouse's drill goes down that far much faster 
and and but doesn't take necessarily the ice core samples that they would need to analyze these things to get the data but it does this reconnaissance work where you can drill down in a season study it be like okay no next season we'll try over here and then mm-hmm. we'll see you know so this could really be a game changer there mm-hmm. are and and there are, I should say there are scientists from all over the country uh, all over the world doing this right there's um, scientists from China that are doing this, you know, Germany, the UK, and everyone's out there trying to find these ice core samples because they could be so pivotal for our understanding of climate change. Mm-hmm. And we've been hearing on the other side of the globe about how sea ice is melting incredibly fast in the Arctic. Is something going on at that same rate in Antarctica, or is there just different conditions that make it not as susceptible to as much melting as we've seen? No, I mean, no, yeah, we definitely have melting in Antarctica, right? But it's but, not like creating a mad rush for these cores. It's not that bad yet, right? The Well, actually, that's interesting you should say that because these ice cores should be able to tell us, will, will, will help us get a handle on how the melting of the glacier will impact sea level rise. Because remember, in Antarctica, these glaciers in a lot of places are on bedrock. Mm-hmm. So... The scientists are trying to figure out when it melts, how fast it will be sliding, how fast these glaciers could slide off of the bedrock and into the ocean. And taking these ice core samples, actually, um, the researchers think it'll give them a better understanding of whether or not how stable they are basically on on the on the bedrock. Mm. Yeah, it seems like this is one of the last keys to understanding the mystery of climate change in a sense. And we have a better understanding of what happened in the past. We can then make better predictions for the future. Exactly. And Jeff told me, you know, we had this ice age, you know, about over a million years ago, and we were trying to figure out why it happened. That's kind of the big deal. Like, was it just that CO2 levels just dropped dramatically and that's what happened? And then what is the what is the correlation? You know, can we get it? And then can we from there extrapolate how... Um, CO, rising CO2 will impact the climate in the future. Now, of course, there's lots of different variables going on here, and we're just trying to narrow our, the, the, the range of, of impacts that we're predicting. So what are some of the steps the scientists take to make sure that they you know, survive in Antarctica, which sounds terrible? Yeah, well, actually, I was surprised. Uh, you know, Jeff told me that, and, and, um, and, his, and his lab partner, um, from uh, Minnesota is going up with them that they actually have really good food and you know everything's heated and um, you know they have they have Wi-Fi so they can communicate with their family and they have a, a crew they have like safety polar explorers who are up there to make sure that they're safe and they have a crew to operate the drill and everything. And I guess the, the big danger would be if you went skiing or in a snow machine off the, the path and fell into a crevasse or something. Obviously, that could be, that could be um, deadly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but basically, uh, when I talked to Professor Severnhouse, he said, you know, it, it's, pretty, it, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting to be up there, and he doesn't feel like it's unsafe. Um, although there is always the chance that they could get stuck there, mm-hmm. you know, like if there's huge storm came in or something, he said they could get stuck there, but they have, they're flying into 
a um, a research station that has like about a thousand people coming and going at any at any point, and there's like massive food stocks there in case they do get stuck or something. So there, it's really well equipped. Mm-hmm. And uh, when speaking to the scientists and writing the story, what uh, scientific fact or idea really took you by surprise when uh, looking into the importance of old ice? Well, I guess I had kind of known this, but the way that um, Jeff Severinhouse really framed it was surprising. He said, it's a scientific embarrassment that we don't have a better handle on how much warming uh, CO2 is going to cause. So we, what right now, what we think is that a doubling of CO2 in the atmosphere would cause about three degrees um sea of of warming but there's a range of uncertainty it really could be anywhere from 1.5 c um, all the way up to 4.5 c and that's what they're trying to narrow this is something that a lot of people don't don't realize but it's a big thing especially among climate scientists to try to get a better handle on exactly you know if we if if co2 was to increase exactly how much warming would that cause. Mm-hmm. And as this debate rages on, and unfortunately it seems like the better science we have, hopefully the more information we have and the we can be equipped to handle this problem that's ongoing. Yeah, I mean, the way that he framed it to me was he said, you know, as the science improves and we get better numbers and more certainty on on the details of this, I mean, obviously the scientists are pretty unanimous in the idea that greenhouse gases are warming the planet at this exponential rate but he said as we get more certainty on the details he hopes he personally hopes that that will spur more collective action by humanity Mm -hmm. all right josh emerson smith thank you so much it is a pleasure to be here in other local ice news ice skating season has begun in san diego Hotel Del Coronado's Skating by the Sea opens on Friday. It costs $30 per person online and $35 in person. There's also a lounge area called Frostbite where you can relax nearby and enjoy holiday-themed libations and snacks. The ring will be operational until January 5th. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.